Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the F10X Academy Round Pegs Square Hole podcast. My name is Timothy Fair Matthews. And uh, I've got a very close friend with, uh, friend with me today on the live. Her name is Dr. Nancy Haynes. Uh, she is an energetic, results-driven and passionate confidence coach and talent management professional with over 12 years of successful coaching, talent development, employee relations, leadership training and HR experience in the US and the UAE. And the topic of discussion today will be the impact of identity crisis. Uh, so I think a very relevant topic right now. And thank you so much, Nancy, for coming on. How are you? Absolutely. I'm doing so good. I'm excited to be sharing some of these things, some of these conversations that I know not a lot of us are having, but I know it's like happening in the background. And I think once we identify it, everything will be good. Amazing. Amazing. How's, how's, your, uh, how's the COVID period gone for you? Everything all right? <laughs> <laughs> Challenging? Interestingly enough, you know, even as we're coaches, let's be honest, even when we're coaches, we still need the support as well. Like I still have my monthly session with my coach and a lot of it is just digging deeper and like looking at stuff. But like if my husband were to hear, he would just be like speechless because he's like, what? There's good days. There's bad days. There's days where I've just fallen completely apart. And Mm -hmm. it's just like you, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then you yeah. wake up and then there's other days where you're just like ready to take on the world. So <laughs> it's the, it's the it's entrepreneurial journey. It goes from, oh my God, amazing. Life is great to like, oh, I, why am I doing this? I just That's- missed my employee job back when, I was, <laughs> back when I was a young lad and everything was like really simple. And then it's Can like, I think- oh, no, I want to go back to being an entrepreneur. It's amazing. It is a oh roller coaster. Isn't it? it is. Actually, I had it funny enough that you're talking about that. Uh, just a couple of days ago, I had a thing pop up on Facebook. And it was, I had taken a picture of a driver that came to pick me up when I was uh, living in LA. And it was like the day that you're like, I've made it. Like the company has sent a driver to pick me up, to take me to work. And I I was looking at the post and I was reading it and I just got so excited. And then I was like, this was my life eight years ago. What was I thinking? Oh, wow. Oh, but yeah. well, there we go. I mean, I guess, I, I guess it's, it's very true what you say. Even even coaches need coaches. So, I mean, let t- tell us a bit about you because, I mean, not everyone in the group will know who you are, even though they should because you're an awesome girl to know. Um, but tell us your story. Tell us what you do. Um, I think everyone would love to hear. Absolutely. So my background is in human resources. I've always loved. I think I've always been a person of service. I want to help people out. And so human resources was like the thing that I knew I could do and have an impact. So I was like, all right, I could do this. So my background is in that. Um, and in the process of all of that, it kind of shifted when um, a gentleman approached me. He was a motivational speaker during my MBA program. And he said, you've got something you need to go on your own. And I didn't really take them on. I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. Like I'm getting paid well. I get good benefits. I'm okay. Thanks. Um, and after a while, he just kept like pushing me and pushing me. And he said, either you take it or you don't. And he has different businesses, very successful man. And a part of me was like, why me? Like, what is it about me that he's looking at? Cause I don't see that. And, um, you know, after I chatted with him, I said, you know, let me just do this. And that was my introduction into entrepreneurship. Like I had no idea. And this is actually why like the whole identity crisis kicks in because I went into a new business with the mindset of the career person. So at first I couldn't understand and, oh, you know, lower the price. Let's not do this. Let's not do that. And it was because of the mentality of an employee. And I hadn't 
really transitioned into now I'm a CEO of my own company. Like that's a whole nother view. And so when I did that, thankfully he was there and he had other businesses. So he um, kind of pinpointed me into the right direction of where I was kind of messing up a little bit, my blind spots. Uh, but crazy enough, you know, when you show up with that mindset, you know, we booked the first client, which was the highest paying one that we had within the first two days that like I quit. And then within the first two days, I had to provide a proposal to a company from a random like restaurant experience that we had. And then it went from there. And, and that was my like intro into, oh my gosh, my mindset is completely off. And so that's how I got a little taste of it. Right. Throughout all of this, unfortunately, um, he passed away within a year. So I got to learn, I got to work with him from the hospital and just really pick his brain for everything that I could. And one of the biggest things was the whole identity thing and fearlessness. And so he passed away. And then um, I became a director of empowerment for a nonprofit group online. And it was just for women. And they just kept saying, you're really good at doing this, which is the confidence building for these women, you should build a program for them. And it was fun for me, I was still doing my HR, I still continued with the HR business. Um, it was very difficult. Uh, but I will say, um, you know, I took the business on my own to like, you know, a six figure business and I didn't think I could do it. And so this is again, where like kind of everything just like rolling into all of that. Um, I got contracts that I would have never, ever, ever imagined. And it was like, oh my gosh, okay, this is interesting. Um, but it went back to identity because now I knew it was just me. So it, all of the business relied on me and you know, California is not cheap. <laughs> so I'm like, do you want to be homeless or do you want to like make this work? You got to make it work. Um, so, you know, even with that, all the roller coasters, uh, you know, roller coaster of emotions with all of that um, and just kind of understanding it. And so I did. That's actually how I created the program. I did it for the women. And then I just really enjoyed it because I saw the transformation they were having. And that like filled me up and. HR didn't seem as like that thing I wanted to do anymore. And it was like, oh, this is my path. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, but I married them kind of together because I did a little bit of the coaching and the training and development in the HR, you know, field. Um, but the impact that it has on management and I, on just the culture of the company, it's totally, totally different. And I know a lot of people are like, yeah, whatever. But you really are a business partner for, you know, your HR, you're like the middle person of all the employees and then all, you know, the, the senior execs. So you kind of have to know how do I bring them together and make it work for everybody. Mm. So that's where I'm at. And that's what I do. Amazing. Wow. I mean, I've, until your team, I, as, as a, like a business owner myself, I mean, you know, I also went through a similar journey of, you know, starting off alone. You're doing everything, and then I th I fell into the trap. I think probably about three years ago, when the team started to grow, and I actually realised why HR is so important. <laughs> I think I don't know. I don't know many business owners share the same experiences, but you know, trying to get the best out of people and keeping everything you know, like vibrant and people motivated and, and getting the best out of staff and making sure they feel respected and appreciative, but still being firm to ensure that you know it's, it's tricky. It's very tricky. Um, I mean, what, what I mean, you must have some like pretty decent success stories with that. Like, you obviously did HR before you even went. So, what was the what were the biggest mistakes you think most business owners make when it comes to things like that? Like with the team, with HR, like, what what are the trends that you've noticed? Do you know what I, a big part of it is? Um, you don't empower the HR people to actually do what they're there to do. A lot right. of the clients, and actually, that's actually why I wanted to leave corporate because. I had so many ideas and I could see where we had the issues, but because of whatever reason, they're like, no, we're going to do this yeah. and find, you know, finance and, and senior execs are like, no, we must do this, 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 and this. And it's like, yeah, but you guys are not, you guys are not connected to the people. So you're not understanding. And you know, every, I, I think I shared this before where they would say, you don't, you can't speak because your department doesn't bring in money. You're an expense to the company. But it's, 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 it sounds it sounds so stupid. I mean, I guess that's almost similar for. I mean, I guess that's what probably sparks a lot of people to go self-employed is they have a resistance to what 
they're being told to do and they obviously have an idea of how they can do it better some sometimes they do sometimes they don't but yeah that must be incredibly frustrating because it affects your performance i mean you could have done your job well because yeah. you can't do it. You can't do it to the full extent. Like I was like, oh my God, I have ideas. I could do this, this, this. And crazy enough, they're one of the companies that I worked with um, for a long time, I just had to do what I was told. And it was like, oh my gosh. The thing is that when I left, like a year later, their director left and they that's when I already had my business and they hired me back as a consultant. And wow. I was like, oh, and then I could do whatever I want. And I was like, is, does this it's, not, it's just like, like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make, make sense. sense. No, they paid it's more. The they mentality. paid more. Right? They have to. They had to pay way more for less yeah. hours. And I was like, "Do you guys not see?" And it was just like, you know what? You're not going to see it because it's that old school mentality of "I need your butt in this seat, yeah. and I own you." Kind of like, and that, and that, and it was the fear of control. Like, I don't want to give you too much control. Like, take a step back. So I didn't do everything that I wanted to do. And even now I'll still get messages because a few of them follow me like on Instagram and they're like, oh, this is like really awesome. Like, oh, why didn't we do this while you were here? And I'm like, guys, like you, you didn't let me, like you changed me up and we're like, nope, your role is X, Y, Z. That is it. Like you can't do more. But then you hired me as a consultant and then I just did it anyway. So yeah, didn't make any sense, but yeah, it, it, I do. And I would say that's one of the departments um, for a hands-on. I know not all departments are the same, but I will say for an HR department that is hands-on, they could pivot a business like you have no idea because they can take the people from not performing to performing to addressing the issues to like, they get to be like on like hands-on what's going on. What are people feeling? What's happening? They get to learn a lot more. Um, and, and I think people underestimate the power that that has, because then you have leverage. You can make people do like, guys, come on, let's buy into this. Like we have a new mission or we have this and then they will. But if you're forcing them into it because execs say, this is what we have to do. It doesn't really, they won't buy into it. It's just temporary. So true. Wow. It's a minefield, but I mean, I guess, you know, there's a lot of things that I guess people can do to make a huge difference straight away. Have you got any tips for people that maybe they don't have an HR department or have someone like yourself more involved with them? What what can what can you do or what can you say like the mindset of of that owner should do? What 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 should they bear in mind? If you can find a person that you can identify as like the person that people go to, like when there's issues, when there's like whatever. If you don't have an HR person. And yeah. have a sit down with them and really look at how can we like create a plan of what can we do? I know we don't have an HR department, but at least create a plan to like make it work for the organization. Like just identify, even if it's one person or create a department of like, you know, a motivational department or whatever it is of yeah. identify people that are like the highlight in the different departments that, you know, you, if you bring them together, that they could create something awesome for the entire organization. That's nice. Yeah, I like that idea. Well, wow. okay. Well, I mean, I've got I've got a load of questions for you, but I think let's first of all now highlight the topic of this uh, the topic of this discussion and uh, talking about the identity crisis. And so, tell us a little bit about why you wanted to pick this topic and what an identity crisis is and why is it relevant now. Okay, so identity crisis. What is that? It's when you're going through a change. So whether it's like a milestone, age uh, in your business. Uh, a career change where you were something and now you're a director or, the, you know, the other way around um, when you're single and now you're married or now you're with somebody like there's when there's that shift or that change that is happening. You don't realize it, but your identity has to kind of follow with it. Whereas we don't look at that because then we get into the relationship and we just keep it moving. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's kids or, or in, you know, for businesses, I became this, now I became this. And you're just going, going, going. The thing is that you're not shifting your mindset with it. So you're not, you're growing, but your mindset's not growing with it. Um, so like a lot of people, and I've had this um, in HR knowing when a manager got promoted, they were all of a sudden like, uh, well, just yesterday, you were my equal. And now today I'm like managing you and they didn't know how to kind of navigate that. And it's like, yeah. and, and, or they would be asking permission, like, are you guys okay with this? And it would be like, no, you need to be 
you know, you need, this needs to be like, you need to be effective. Like this is how it needs to be. You're the manager. You need, you need to come up with how you want to run this. And it was like, they, they couldn't step out of the, I'm your employee, like we're cool. And now, oh my gosh, like I have to have authority. How do I display that authority? So same thing when you leave your company and now you own your own business. A lot of the time, what happens? You go into, okay, I just opened my business. So then you low, you know, your prices is low, you know, you price your things lower or, you know, you start doing everything yourself and now you become that employee again. Yet you don't see it through the eyes of the CEO. Like, what would I do if I, and you know, what would I do if I was already making a million dollars? Then make the choice after that, because if you want to navigate your business that direction, then you need to start seeing it and making the choices that'll lead you in that direction. Whereas I don't necessarily think we, we don't think about that. Um, you know, like when you're single and all of a sudden you're with somebody, it's the same thing. Like, yeah. well, I used to be able to go out and now I have to like ask permission or let you know, like, wait, what? And it's, it's that piece. It's that piece where we have, we don't take the time to stop and say, okay, where do I shift now? Because you're molding yeah. yourself. Like you're creating you're the labels, you know, you're like, okay, find this now. Now I'm this, what, how is that going to impact me? I feel less freedom. I feel, you know, whatever. Then you shift it and you're able to like navigate through it a lot easier, but because we don't, it kind of kicks your butt at the very end. Like now with COVID, if you were a successful business person, let's say everything shut down for you, you know, for the tourism and like everything else, if it shifted, that impacted you. Now you're yeah, not, you know, you're not, not just necessarily like monetarily, but like if you identified yourself with, I am this kind of business owner, like I'm the five-year one that we're steady and we're amazing. And now you got to go back down to the feeling of this is a one to two-year business. You, it kind of impacts you a little bit. The ego gets in the way and you're like, what? Like, uh, and, and you start feeling a certain way and then you start making decisions based on that. And so that's where the whole identity crisis comes in. The identity, even for the business. It's, I guess it's another way, like, I mean, cause you just made me think of something as well. Like for me, I spend a lot of time doing what I do, not because I have to, but because I really love it. But re regardless of whether you love what you do or not, a lot of us are obviously working overtime in a minute to try and get, you know, us back on strong footing or, you know, maybe we're serving, you know, we're doing extra to try and serve our clients or maybe we're just trying to get more business in, whatever. But yeah, I guess I guess if everything went crumbling down, it would probably leave. And I, I'm got I've got no shame in admitting this. I wouldn't know who I would be without my business right now. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people would probably feel the same because you invest so much time and energy, and it becomes it becomes what you live and breathe. And if and if it's something that you love, which is great, then that that also is a huge knock when that happens. So how does how does someone get around that? Because, so, yeah, I, that's the, that's the, even for me, like, I'd love to know because that, that is just a scary thought, very scary. So thought. I just went through from the beginning. So when COVID happened, I just went through this. And I want to share it because this is reality. This is what happens. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I don't have children right now. So I didn't have to deal with taking on all the hats of being homeschooling and doing all of that. So I definitely feel blessed when it comes to that. But what I found myself is, okay, um, husband is now on conference calls, like all the time, which means I now have to stay quiet or I have to move into a different room, um, which then means he's taking on the whole space of our entire like dining area. Um, and then it became, okay, so now since we're here in the household, it gets dirtier. And then who's cooking and then who's cleaning. And it became like everything was falling on me. So I would have to stop working and go clean or go cook or do something else. And it affected me. I was like, what the heck? Like I have to work in my, like on my business yet you're doing it too. And like, when do you get to like, how come you don't clean? How come you don't cook? And we, you know, it, be, it just, it got so frustrating. You had like and an elephant in the room situation. <laughs> it did. 
I'm you know, really being you elephant. Elephant. Yeah. <laughs> with a mop, with a yeah, mop yeah, and yeah. a couple of, couple of pans. <laughs> you know, when you when I would be washing, it was like that, like hard scrub or like throwing things. Yeah, like, you just be, you're, you're taking it out on the on the saucepan, and it's not a poor saucepan. Just leave it alone. Just wash it out tidily. <laughs> and I was like, "Are you are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're not I, fine. No, I'm not. I can tell fine. you're not fine. You're not better. <laughs> not at all." But you know what? We had to sit down and have a conversation where I had to say, you know, I've been thinking about like, why am I so angry? Like, what? why is this becoming like, I don't, I'm not the maid. Like, why am I cleaning and cooking? Like, that's not my role. That's not my identity. I am a businesswoman. And that's when I, I as I was talking to him, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's a label that I have. I'm a businesswoman. So I don't have time to do this, 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 and this. I now feel like I'm the maid. So now that role like has made me feel less than. And then I was like, oh my gosh. And as we were talking, it became that. I said, you know what? I'm putting value, so much value on the title, on the role that I'm still me. Like I'm still who I am. It's just that my, my role has shifted a little bit. And when it's time for me to be able to go back into this, I can shift. It might be that I'm spending a little bit more time in this role, but it, why do I feel less than? Why is my self-worth then shifting? And I had to sit with that. Like I had to be the one to say, oh, I need to reevaluate, which is what I do. And I do it for the clients. I need to reevaluate where my values come from. When I identify myself with who I am, is it my business? What external stuff am I attached to? That is my identity. So the question is that I ask, and I ask everybody and even myself is if I took, if everything was taken away from you, your business, your car, your bank account, everything, what is your identity? Like, what is that left with? If that makes you feel sick, cause you're like, what? Like, then you do need to have a sit down and really look at who you are as a person, because you know what? You are your business at the end yeah. of the day. So what values are you holding on to? What is important to you? What is that? What is that label that you're putting on to? You know, are you a fearless, whatever? Like, you know, it's that kind of stuff that you hang on to because no matter. And I remember this and I say it to you because this actually came from um, my business partner. The one that passed away is when I was afraid to do something like when I would tell him, oh, no, no, let's not charge him that much. Let's just do this much so that we can get it. He would say, no. The value of that service is this much. Like you have to own that. And then I remember him saying, you know, I have five different businesses, Nancy. Easily, if all of that was wiped away and they said, sorry, you're bankrupt, you're zero, you have to start over. He's like, it doesn't scare me. Do you know why? He's like, because all the value is in here. I know that I'm like relentless. I know that even if I worked 10 jobs, like I would get myself to that point again. And it like really impacted the way that I was like, wow. So maybe today I'm mopping, but it doesn't mean that in two months, I'm not going to be back to where I'm at. And yeah. it doesn't matter because the value comes from what we have within and where we see that. And when he said that to me, I was like, wow, this is a man who's like super successful. And he, he did, he said, you know, there's been a few times where three businesses have gone down and it doesn't scare me. And I'm just like, how do you do that? Like, he taught but it's, me it's, it's, it's like it's like if you have never been in a fight before you sometimes just need to get hit to realize you're not made of glass and i guess it's the same like i think a lot of us have taken a few punches over the last two three months um i mean i i, I know now that i'm not made of glass in a, in a business sense but you know it does it can either you know seb talked about this a lot in his um character building you know everyone has like a, it's either a make or break situation and it's not a problem if it's either or but you will grow from it you know it's 100 percent and, and everyone needs to go through it. You're right. I think that's I think that's amazing. You know, just just keeping the fact that it's, it's nothing's really gone. It's all in your head. As long as you invest in that. And that is exactly you know he tested me throughout the times because it was I identified myself with the same thing. You know, my consistent salary, my you know everything. And he was breaking me out of that, and it was really tough because I was so stuck on that. And he took me to Vegas one time, and he said, I'm going to give you $100. I want you to go and, like, gamble with it. And I was like, what? No. And he's like, you can either gamble or you can keep it. 
He's like, but if you keep it, you have to pay it back to me at some point. Like within the next month, you have to pay it back to me. If you gamble it and you lose it all, you don't need to pay me back. But you know how hard I found it to like, I was like about to put it into a machine and I was just like, oh, like I can't do it. And, and he, he saw me and he was like, why is it so hard for you to let it go? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't, ugh. and he said, just let it go because you know what? You have the knowledge in here. You have the intelligence and the like fierceness to say, I'm going to do it anyway. If I lose it. Okay. So then where else can I make a hundred bucks? He's like, do you see how you, you immediately go into like, Oh, like I don't have a hundred dollars. I lost it. And it's the little things like that, that he did that throughout the journey that I had with him, like really helped me to build that character. And I still say it like, it's like you're a tree, like you, you see the roots going down and it's from all the experiences that you've had. Like, and I can say failures, but it's more like feedback, like, okay, I'm never going to do that again, but it's all of those experiences teach you. And that's like the root so that when the wind comes and it blows you, yeah, it is going to knock you to the side a little bit, but you, you come back up. And the whole point is the trunk. Like you're, you're getting to like, if you have a strong trunk and your roots are deep, then you're fine. And it's throughout this time that, yeah, it is difficult for myself, for a lot of the people throughout this time that it has now created the question. So who am I? Yeah. What is my identity? What is the identity of my business? What are the different conversations that we're going to have when we get back uh, in, you know, into play? What values do I want to hold? you know, more where I can say it, you know, I hear conversations all the time from people when they're talking about how managers now are taking advantage of this right now. For example, when they know you're home all the time and they want a meeting at nine o'clock at night, um, whereas other managers have been so empathetic and has, are checking up on their teams. They're making sure they're going out at least for an hour. Like, do they need anything? Like all of this stuff that really shows you. And so now for business owners, I was like, Let's now look at the business identity during a crisis, who rises to the top and who takes advantage of it. And you need to have that. Now you incorporate that into your business values, into your mission, into your vision of where the company, like if there's another crisis, who do I want on like my team to like help me push forward that I know they're going to give it their absolute all. Yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, I guess we just have to remind ourselves that, yeah, it might take five, six, seven, eight years to get to where we are, but it doesn't mean it's going to be the same because obviously you have all that experience, all that knowledge, all that, you know, history that you 100%. can essentially almost fast forward to get you back to where you were. So if you have to reset, it doesn't mean it's back to squares. It's back to zero, is it? doesn't mean that because you jump into a new category like you're not necessarily in phase one. You're, you're now at a different place. You're at the beginning of that next phase, but you're at a, you're at that next phase. And that's what like a lot of us, you know, are going through, whether you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, uh, you know, or a corporation or a business, like a lot of this is now really looking at who's really here to really be here for the company. And you know what, if a lot of the managers are not, or the employees, is it because we haven't really engaged our employees? So our identity of the business is going to change even with that. What are we, we going to incorporate moving forward? Like so many different things out that were never important before that are now important. And it's that little like shakeup that now things have come to the surface. And for a lot of people, it's been like, you know, a lot of stuff internally, but also yeah. for their own businesses. But the thing is that it's a good thing because it's come up. If this wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't have seen, you know, the cracks in the business. Like now, you know. So now what can you do moving forward? And it's taking, you know, I myself, when I'm like, okay, if I have nothing else to do, what do I do? I started the podcast. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start a podcast because at least that's something that'll keep people motivated. What is it that fills me up? My identity shifted. I was like, I love serving people. I love helping no matter what. So I was like, how can I do it? And it was like, boom, let's just do the podcast. Like who cares where you're recording? Like that's not even the point. And it shifted because before I'm a perfectionist. So I'm like, Oh, I need to have this. I need to have that. Like it needs to look like this. And at this point I was like, no one cares about that. I just need to get it out. And who is going to get like, what is my intention with it? And it was like, if one person gets to at least shift or change or feel like there's hope, that's, that was my job. 
Right. And that's nice. and that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How does how do you go about mapping your identity, Arlo? Like what have you got have you got like a, a methodology that you put your clients through? Have you got anything that you can share, like little tips on what, what you can do to do that? So number one, you I always have at least have ten values, like genuine like values that you identify with that no matter what happens, that's the core of who you are, right? So this is yeah. the core of who I am. When you list that and when you have your list of 10, then it goes into what are the top, like you start thinking like if, if I had to take five away, which five would I choose? Mm. And then you start, you really start looking at, is this more important than this? Or is that more important? And you really get to manage. And once you create your top five, that is the core of who you are. And once you identify with it, like once you know it and you connect with it, you're aligned to it. And the thing is that the great thing about this is, so now you have 10, now you, and then the core of that is five. Why I say that? Because then any decision that you make moving forward, whether it's for yourself, for your business, you are now aligned to the core and anything that you, any decision that you make, you're basing it out of your true identity, like the true core of who you are, not the external stuff, not the decision that you make based out of fear or based out of like, oh, I just need to get it done. Like, I'll just get that. Okay, yeah, pay me whatever. Like, no, because if, if you value um, you know, whatever it is that you value and that goes against it, you won't make, you won't take that decision. Wow. You won't take so it. True. No, that is true. What are your values? Ooh, do you know what? It's funny is right before this call, uh, about a couple hours ago, my husband said, Hey, can we do a little, do you have five minutes? I was like, yeah, sure. He said, let's list values. And we listed like 25, 26. I have it here. And then we went into it and I went into, if I had more of this, how much would it impact me? Like, would it make me happier? And we yeah. went into this little exercise and then we, um, we did the same thing. We identified our top 10 and then the top five. And we started discussing like, what were your five and what were my five? And then we started looking at now that we know what our core, like me as an, I like by myself and now you, how do we move forward from this? Like what decisions do we make? now knowing that these are like the core core values and we had a discussion about it and it was like oh my gosh i was like do you know that's, that's amazing. That, that, would, that would be an amazing exercise for any couple watching amazing you guys i have no idea like we had like he valued something that i didn't like it was actually my lowest i was like oh i definitely don't value any of that and one of my top five he rated the least yeah. And the conversation then went into, okay, so how do I support in yeah. that, like, uh, like being a part of that value? And yeah. then I asked him the same thing with his. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was like something important for you. And I said, okay, now I know. And it just, it brings even the alignment with the couple a little bit like stronger because you yeah. know that, yes, you're going to fight. Yes, we're, all couples have their moments and all that good stuff. But the core of the relationship is there, if that makes sense. That, that relationship, though, I mean, th this would be an amazing exercise, not only just for your partner, but for your staff, for your clients, for your suppliers, just working out where people's heads are. Because if you can align yourself with people's values, then you, you can't be more connected to someone if, you, if you're in line with their values. Do you know, and, and it honestly really does impact where you start looking at like, wait, is it really truly my value or is it just because of the external stuff? Like I can tell you yeah. my value shifted. I had, I did it um, before I moved here, which is what, three years ago. So about four years ago, I have it in a journal. I was just showing him my values then are like night and day from the values that are now. Mm. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. And as we were discussing it, I, I even showed it to him. I said, do you know what? When I did those values, I wasn't as aware as I am now, number one. And number two, I was basing my values based off of the things around me, like LA life, you know, achievement, like hustle, you know, like all of this stuff, fame. And I was like, I don't even care about that stuff. Like, why did I even value that? 
And that's when you start realizing, oh my gosh, I let my, my like surroundings influence mm -hmm. what my values are. But all the decisions I was making were based off so of those. You, you, you can get annoyed yourself for that. Cause I think no matter where you want, like if you, if you were working and hustling it in Russia right now, I'm sure your values would be very different now as well. You probably value blankets and warm things. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, I suppose the environment does dictate almost what you value and where you are. Um, you know, so I, I guess checking in with yourself, especially if you've moved, if you moved there recently, start up a business. That's 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 one of the that's one of the changes. Like if you've moved, yeah. you know, countries or even states or whatever, you do have to like anytime you have a a, a change that happens, reevaluate your your identity. Re, like, you know what? A lot of the moms, for example, that all of a sudden they're moms and then they want to get back into the career and then they get, you know, they're, they're guilt. They feel guilty because now they're focusing in on themselves and on their children or they go through this. I don't feel good enough because I've been out of the game for two years or whatever that is. And at the end of the day, it's like you, you've put your label on as I'm a mom and you've like that has become your whole identity. But if we take that title away, what are you left with? Who yeah. are you without that title? And that's where for a lot of people, it could be a little bit scary for them because if they've lived like this for like, you know, 35 years or, you know, whatever, 20 plus years along the way, you haven't taken the time to shift and to look at different things, but it's never too late. And that's the beauty of this is that, Anytime you have an identity crisis, anytime you can always do this exercise, you can always have a look at how has this shifted and how is this going to impact my decisions moving forward? Um, and, and you start looking at things start becoming more in alignment because the decisions that you make are based out of like the core of who you are, not what is around you. Wow. Well, I mean, there's a lot of value coming for this, man. So you should be charging us for this. <laughs> really good. Thank you so much. Um, you mentioned something earlier, like, which stuck with me. And you said, what would my decision be? Or how would I behave if I had a million dollars already or something? I quite like that. Like, and I know we've done some, um, I all powwows on this before. And you keep talking. I mean, you bring a lot into the law of attraction, the mindset. You've got to project success, be think, think this way, think positive. So, that I guess that's more important than ever right now. And so, I mean, I'd love to love for you to tie, kind of focus a little bit on this right now, because I think a lot of people could do with why that is so important right now to be able to get yourself where you need to be. Because I know a lot of people are striving for success, you know, for stability to try and get themselves back on their feet. So, so there's a, little, a few things about that and how and some exercises to improve that as well. So here's the thing. And I know, I mean, you already know I'm like big on like the law of attraction and, and just kind of playing with it and doing, you yeah. know, some little exercises here and there. But this is why this piece is so important is because if you align it, let's say, you know, you're like, oh, I really want to get, you know, this house or this thing. Because the core of you, that is not what makes you happy. It's not going to come to you. Yeah. Like, because your inside is not necessarily aligned with that, but your mind is like, oh, how come I don't have that job yet? Or, oh, how come I don't have that yet? And it's that thing that is like, why isn't it coming? Is it because it's not really what I want to get myself into? And what is it that's important? Like, what is it that I love doing about my business? For example, I had to do it recently where I'm like, what is it that I love? I love serving. I was like, wait a minute, that's right. Like, I love like, it's not even about getting paid for it. I was like, I genuinely love just helping people. If I hear somebody has an issue, I'm like, okay, if I can help, I, what do you need from me? And that mm. fills me up. Like, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. So why don't I do, you know, maybe an extra webinar or be a part of this, you know, when I got called into a few webinars to do and like all this stuff that it filled me up and I was happy and I was like super excited. And even my husband said, how crazy, like, after you do something or when I hear you say somebody had a, a shift or a change or when I show him like, oh, my God, look what somebody wrote. They said this happened to them. Like oh, wow. he's like, I can see your entire spirit change completely. Your energy completely changes. And I think it goes back to why do you do what you do? Mm. And we've gotten shifted into sales, money. How much are we getting? Are we hitting our ROI? Like 
And at the end of the day, it's like, well, it, what if we can't hit it because of the circumstances? Instead of it becoming, all right, let's sit down, let's have a power hour. Like, what do you guys think we can do different in the business? You know, like for you guys, oh, boom, maybe we can, you know, do this. Maybe we could do that. Maybe we create a new community. Like your creativity rises to the top when yeah. you're in that place of empowerment. When you're in a place of disempowerment, you really don't know how to shift. You kind of just stay stuck a little bit and you replay what you used to do, how it used to be. Two months ago, I was doing this now. Uh, and you just go into this like spiral downhill where we're, I've felt it. I've done it. I've gone off on my husband where I'm like, if I was in LA, I would have been doing this and this. And like, and then I was like, whoa, the resentment is coming up. Like, where's that coming from? And like, I'm like tracing things back. The great thing is that obviously I'm aware where I'm like, oh, that's not normally how I react. Like, what was that? But even him, where now the discussions that we're having are totally different. We're changing into that where it's not your typical, oh, how's your day? How's your day? Like, it, it's not like that anymore. It's, it's getting a little bit deeper into how can we be like supportive to even our own friends and family? And okay, you know what? Once a week, we check in with your parents. Once a week, we check in with your mom. Like, like our calendar has shifted because we both value family. It's like one of our top values that now that has become on the priority list where before I, Tim, I could go easily like three, four weeks without even speaking to my mom. And I'm like, oh yeah, shoot. I forgot to message her, mm. but that's not an alignment. Like with who, I, like what my values are, that which is why, you know, you don't feel that. Huh. And so now we're basing everything based off of what are our values? Why do we do what we do? The yeah. people he helped, you know, like just so many different things that it's just changed completely. And I feel like even in business with business partners, with staff, with employees, now it's a time to really come together and really learn who is the core, like what is everybody and their core? Like, what is that core thing that they need? What is it that makes them them? And then be able to make decisions based off of that or have meetings based off of that and what to move forward. Because once they're aligned with that, they're more productive. They're more like, you know what? I got this. Like, I'll take care of this because now you see me for who I really, really am. Like now, you know, the core of who I am. And now that's a deeper connection than just, Hey, thanks. I see your resume. Boom. Great. You're fantastic. Let's get you on. Yeah. Wow. So true. Nancy, I'm going to have to go through some comments because we've got a load of really good comments here. Um, so we've got a good question from Sab here. Um, I know a lot of business owners who are struggling with their teams being bored and not working on refining their skills or learning anything new or trying to get business in while stuck at home or unable to work. Do you have any advice on how to motivate your team in this time? Yes. You know what? The thing is, you're trying to make them work or make them be motivated and inspired. So they're not. So then we need to address that first. Yeah. That needs to be addressed first. Is there something going on at home? Is it your mental health? Are you like, you have to address those issues from the beginning to get them to, okay, now, even if you shift them a little bit from that conversation, mm. it'll at least give them what fulfills them. If you're wanting them to produce, 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 and they're running on empty there, yeah. it doesn't matter how much you beat the horse. It's not going to go anywhere. Like, and so you need to find out you as a business owner, or a manager or a supervisor, you need to know what is it that each person in my team, what is it that drives them? What is it that's hurting them right now? What is it that they it's, need it's to the values, It's the value chat, isn't it? It's just what you just said. If you can ask and solidify what their values are, then you're much more in line to how to, like you said, you know, tweak it so they feel like, more. A lot motivated. of people here, for example, are here away from their families. So let's just say, you know, let's talk about those guys. They're here, they're working, they're not with their wives and their children. So then you're trying to tell this guy who's now missing his family, who feels responsible because he's like, oh my gosh, they're away. And you're telling them like, come on, come on. Like you need to learn, get into like development, take this class, take that class. Like that's not their priority and that's not their value. So you're, you're like going to struggle so much to get them. You're, you can't force somebody to do it. 
So you have you have to really learn to get into that space of okay, what's going on? Learning their values, understanding this is the issue I'm having, and trying to find a solution for that. Because once you get them, just even to know that there is a solution, then you can get them. Okay, so I've done something for you. Can you do something for me? Like, can we work together on this? I will check up on you every few days. I, you know, maybe you need to work on an Excel program, maybe to help you even get better. When can you start? Like, yeah. and then that way you kind of like give them a little, but you've given them something first. You've given them something of value first. Yeah. And then now you can actually expect something back from them versus it's kind of like us as entrepreneurs. We can't all of a sudden jump on and say, hey, this is how much I, I charge, you know, $3,000 pay. Like everybody's going to be like, what, who are you? You need to give the value first. You need to provide and get to know really what's there. And then you move from that step. So I think that that should really help. It's some of these conversations that you have to help. A lot of people are not equipped to have them. So like a lot of people are very disconnected with emotion and all that stuff. They've been the ones that say, okay, we have a situation. Boom, let's just go. And they expect everybody else to react that way. That's not yeah. going to happen. Like no. that's not going to happen. Shivani's just said everyone's motivation is different. I suppose that's very true because every, everyone's going to be in a different spot in their life right now. People are going to be, I mean, I, I can I can pick up the phone and probably call 10 people and everyone's going to have a different answer when I say, how are you? You know, and I think that's the important thing. But this 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 is almost tying into almost every single talk that we have. It's it's value first. It's it's almost selling in a way, you know, because if, if you need to get your team to be motivated, you need them to perform in a certain way. In a way, you're to get that. You're co you're you're doing some sort of selling, and selling is serving. And if you're serving them, you need to know what the values are. Again, it's all it's all linked. Everything all ties linked. together. Everything ties together. Yeah, just another comment here. Figuring out what drives each team is super important. Like you said, everyone has a different priority, but that needs to be found with empathy and sincerity. Yeah, it's very true. I'm not sure who put that comment, but that's a, that's so true. No, it really is, and I mean, I can say it even for. And I, I mean, I applaud my husband for that. He is very empathetic and like hearing the conversations, like it's never when they get on the call, he's never like, um, Hey, you know, so I need that report. It's that check-in that is so important that it's like, Hey, how is everything going? First and foremost, like not business. How are you doing? Well, you know, this is happening. Why for this or that, like anything, just what's happening or I'm stressed out. I'm overwhelmed. And then they're addressing that. So yeah. even just in that conversation, you've already shared with that other person, like, hey, I value you first. And then we move into like business talk. Um, and that's really important because people will work harder for you when you've addressed that. Like when mm -hmm. you've addressed all these things, they will work harder for you because they're now connected to you and they're loyal to you. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it, you know, please don't do it. Like if you're going to fake it, don't do it. Like, please don't do it. If you're not genuine about it, have somebody else do it on your team or like yeah. find a coach and and say, hey, I'll hire you for like the week. Can you call all my team if you if you don't feel equipped to do it? Because if you if you do it like from a place of just oh, I'm just going to do it because I have to, they will feel it. Number one. And number two, oh, that's going to create more of a separation than than getting you guys closer together. Yeah, it's almost counterproductive. I mean, you can't just exactly just fire out a form or get them to fill in an email. You've got to <laughs> put a bit of personality into it. Keep it a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Um, got another good comment here from James Davison. It's not a question, but he says, uh, I think almost everyone's role in every company has changed during COVID, which I guess is very true. People are, this ties back into like what you said about you having to do some of the cleaning and then realize and then having a problem with that. And then it's, it's just trying to, again, reset and just, just you know not put yourself with labels i guess i mean but i want the reason why i thought this comment is quite good is you mentioned earlier about being the ceo of your of your business and and how a lot of and again a lot of people have said this as well they're not so a lot of people are not entrepreneurial like um spencer lodge was on the other day and he said he used a, a story about a guy who was in a store in a corner shop for example um he would keep you know the door open 24 7 and sit behind the till because he could make money that way as opposed to just separating his work-life balance and being away from it and that's not entrepreneurial that's being employed by his business even though he owns the business so for people that are obviously having to adjust in this time um what would you say about keeping that ceo macro you know decision process in place keeping efficient but at the same time if they haven't got maybe the team there i know a lot of companies have put their team on unpaid leave you know obviously 
that's obviously difficult now you've got more oil. So how do you get that balance right? Because again, that, that I guess ties into an identity crisis as well, because you're almost having to do a lot more, take on a lot more responsibility, do a lot more with less and with obviously a lot, you know, this is not coming in. How, how do you get around that? Can I tell you it's called flexibility? Because okay. you did that once before and now let's say you're the CEO and these are the decision, deci decisions you made. And now you're going to have to go back into maybe doing some of that stuff yourself. Now the CEO hat doesn't come off because you know what, when you have to go into the trenches, you're going to have to go into the trenches. Like it's not, it's the whole thing of just because you have the CEO hat, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have to go in maybe when the janitor can't come in that you have to go clean the toilet. Yeah, Do you know true. what I mean? Like, yeah. why is that less than like, because at the end of the day, it's for the business. It's not necessarily, you, you know, you in that, like, and this is how I, even in a, in a relationship where I'm like, okay, our relate, our household is a business. It's like the business. So maybe I won't be able to do this right now. Maybe I'm not the director right now, but I'll be the one that at least makes this household feel like it's in harmony because then it helps us work better. Mm. So my role shifted, but the, the end game is the same is that we want to create harmony in the, and it's the same thing with your, you know, your staff. Yes. You still have to wear that CEO hat and making those decisions, but you might have to roll up your sleeves and get a little dirty and do something that maybe you haven't done in a few years, but if this is temporary, this is temporary, whether you have to do it for yeah. two months, three months, four months. But the thing is that that hat, that, that identity never comes off per se. You're just shifting the role a little bit for now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's for your business anyway. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's really good. James has just come back and said, uh, I can't remember who said it, but a leader works for their team, which I guess is very true. No, so true. Yes, he does. And that, you know, that's what it is. Like, I think even with the, the fact that you leader, like everybody puts it as the one on the top. No, it isn't. You're yeah. a leader. I'm a leader. Like it's whoever wants to make that impact and that change and takes on those uh, the role of a leader where, hey, you know what, when I see somebody in trouble, I want to be the first one to help no matter what, even if I'm not the director, even if I'm not the, you know, senior exec, like my thing is that I want to help and serve. So that's what I'm going to do. And mm -hmm. that's why it comes to anybody can be, but see, this is why now more than ever, you do need to know who, who is in your team, like genuinely, who is at the core of your team? Because a lot of times you hire people they're working, they're working, they provide the reports like, hey, how's it going? Good, good. It That's it. It's very surface. Mm -hmm. But now it's like you need to dig a little deeper and really get to know who's there because who do you want on your team? If you value something that they absolutely don't care about, how then is that conversation now of, hey, I value this because this is a part of the business. If you're not aligned with that, how do we get you aligned with that? Or Maybe you didn't even know that. So now the conversation is to create that awareness and now the solution moving forward. Mm. No, it's so true. I mean, that's like that, that immediately now ties back into like branding and you sitting down and really thinking what is my vision and vision uh, and my values. Um, you know, a lot of people, I mean, this is why we set the support group up. I mean, there's, there's, there's not, there's not one size fits all. You can't just have a, just a really good company that's got good sales. You can't just have a company that's, really good branded it's it's all part of it um everyone needs yeah. help in every sector and like something as simple as just sitting down and knowing your core values in the company i don't know how many people do that um i i, I speak to a lot of businesses that don't even know that um do you know what exercise. this is something i think i posted on it yesterday which uh, i said it like a lot of people say the influencer you know they're like oh the influencer and and they see them and they're like wow they're so great they have this they have that the cars the house the whatever Mm. Now, the question is, what about the character? Mm. Are they good people? If they saw yeah. somebody in trouble, would they go and help? If they saw somebody that, you know, maybe couldn't afford it or something like, would they be able to say, you know what, I'll give one client, you know, every six months for free, like sign up or, so, you know, like, what are they, what is their character? And that's when you start thinking about like, well, a character is important to me. Like a person's character is something that I value. So Am I following influencers that are not even aligned with that? Mm. True. It's, it's, that's why I'm saying it's what you're feeding yourself like consistently. I had to look through a few of mine. I was like, you know, 
I really do. If I've met somebody and they've like, I've gone to conferences where I'm like, wow, they're so awesome. And then I go and I, I, I meet them or I see how they treat people. And I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm okay with that. And I, I don't see them the same. And I was like, Ooh, because I value like integrity, like who you are on, on, on your, on your Instagram or on your social media should be the same person that I see if I talk to you, like your style, but if you're completely different, then it doesn't work. It doesn't necessarily work. And so you do look at how, if you have a manager that may be not the best in sales, but makes his team, his or her team feel amazing. And they're always like there to be there for them and support them. Like maybe you need to value them a little bit more than the person who's bringing, you know, in all the money. Yes, it is important, but it's a balance. No, so true. I mean, I, I think, you know, that's that's a really big takeaway today. Really evaluate who is in your team, what, what you feed yourself. I mean, Jim Ron says you're the average of the five people you spend your time with um, at the minute because we're not really technically spending time <laughs> and we're communicating. It's the same thing applies. If you're spending a lot of time on social media, following accounts that, you know, don't add value, um, it's going to affect and really dictate your performance, isn't it? 100%. I mean, I've, I've certainly, I've not unfriended people, but I've certainly evaluated what pops up in my feed. I mean, I get a lot of people sometimes complain about Facebook and it's like, guys, it was blank when you signed up to it. You know, you you populate that wall with whatever you follow. It's your, you're in complete control on, yep. on what you feed yourself. Um, and, and you've got to, and, and this goes for relationships, you know, business relationships, what you read, what you listen, what you watch on Netflix. Is it benefiting you? You know, does it feed you with the right, you know, fuel? To have the yes. positive mindset, like you say, like can can it get you in that law of attraction? I'm I'm doing very well at the minute. I'm killing it. Business is great. I'm supportive. I've got a great network and gratitude. You know, if you're not thinking that, it's going to be very hard for you to make smart decisions if you're in a scarcity mindset. That's yep. something that's really hit home with me. Like knowing, if I knew, we obviously hindsight's a beautiful thing. If I was going, if I went into COVID and I had a bit more warning. I would make sure that my scarcity mindset was long gone. I'd stabilize things a lot more, mitigate the risk a lot more. And I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways a lot of businesses have had is what they would do different. It's highlighted the cracks, um, I guess, in the foundation of your, like you say, the roots um, of your business. And, and obviously the, the values are a key part of that. So yes, so true. Yes. Um, we've just got one. Uh, I think we'll have a, a time for a couple more comments. Um, What's the best way or method to know people's true character? Some spend so much time faking it, I make it so hard to see their true character. Okay. Ask questions. Ask questions. Mm -hmm. Look at the overall feed. Like, for example, you know, there's a lot, and I had to like unfriend because I did kind of the same thing what you did one day. I was just like, oh, I was complaining. Like, why are they always talking about that? Why are they? Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh it's because I chose to follow them. So what am I doing? And it's, you know, even with, with people's really, you can't, obviously it's through your phone. You can't really like judge a person's character by that, but you can easily see it from even like their stories or even the captions, or even like, for example, in a time of, of need, have they addressed some things that have come up? Um, you know, a lot of people, and I even say this, like people that I've followed that have like, and I'm talking millions of followers have gone on and been so genuine and raw and said, guys, I am like in a deep depression because I have relied so much on social media that I basically didn't even meet up with friends because I focused so much on my, like my social media that I've disconnected and like, I am so lonely. And when I heard a few of them say it, I was like, what? But you have like 2 million followers. Like, what are you talking about? And it was like, ooh. And it just makes you like rethink. But you know the fact that somebody, like I value like genuine, raw people. Like, tell me the real story. I want to know that it's not always peachy and smiley and rainbows and unicorns. Like, it's not like that for me. And it's not like sustainable. So when I see somebody always highlighting the most amazing life ever, even through COVID, I'm like, are you for real? Or is this like, and, and it does make you question. And, and, and it's the thing, again, it goes back to your values. Like I value that. So when I meet somebody or even when I comment on their, like, you know, on their feed or on their post, like when I really like something and they message me back or they like it, you know, you start really looking at that kind of stuff a little bit differently. 
And, yeah. and it is really important. Like you might not find their character, you know, judge her immediately, but it's, you can even ask, you know, you asking them questions, DMing and asking questions like, but people in your team, like for example, characters, this is a great exercise to do because then you really know yeah. what they value. And it, you know, if sure. they value fame and wealth and this and that, you're like, none of that like is about people or connecting. So they may not be the right fit. No, so true. Seb's just tuned in as well. And I don't know if he's I've been watching the whole talk, but he did just just put up the comments. I think it's quite quite true. He says, uh, culture is vital. Gary V has an awesome vid on why you may need to fire your most talented member of staff. Do you know what? I mean, we I can say that at first and ten, we've hired more people on character than we have skill set. And you That's know, it's, amazing. Really, it's really it's really bone well for us because you know our team's amazing and we wouldn't be where we are without them. So if any of them are watching, you know, guys, we absolutely love you. Thank you so much for supporting Aww. us this time. But yeah, it's true. I mean, you are you're as only as good as the weakest link. And being talented and good at your role doesn't always necessarily mean you're, you're a good team player. This is correct. This is correct. Yeah. yeah, so true. James just said, honesty, understanding, communication has strengthened many of my business relationships during these difficult times. So true as well. Really nice. The transparency with people. I think it's really, you know, it makes you real. Like it makes you genuine. And that's the whole thing is, when you're consistently portraying like, hey, I'm this character, I'm this, like everything's fantastic, I just closed this much. Like, how are you making other people feel? Yeah. If they're not, if may, they may not necessarily be there. So why, why don't you shift that and say, you know, guys, I literally just had my best month ever. If any of you have questions with it, like I'm more than happy to answer the questions. Or, you know, like there's a way to do it where people are like, oh, wow, like, okay, I can, I can connect with that, but it's that genuine story like everybody it's storytelling the power of storytelling what is it that really went on you know people see you happy and excited and all this right now and or you know before covid but then nobody really knows what your journey was and that's the thing yeah. that it's like share your journey like be authentic and that's okay. the whole thing like just be be honest like yeah it has been hard like yeah there's days yeah. where i was like you know what what is going on like what, am i gonna get out of this but then you wake up another day and you give it another shot. Right, so true. I'm going to just show Seb's last comment to end on. Um, he said the biggest shift he found is when he asked his team, what do you actually want? And again, this is just the theme of the whole conversation we've been having, isn't it? Sort of guessing. Um, I'm actually going to bring in, uh, bring up one of Seb's stories. So um, when what, one of the reasons why we started to do the FTNX Academy um, was that when he was... You know, he does a lot of martial arts and character development, you know, training for children, does a lot of stuff in school. So when the lockdown hit, he was in a situation where he had to almost like not freeze the membership, but everyone had to kind of like, you know, stop doing what they were doing. He was really worried about how could he continue to serve his customers. So he, he got his entire team in the UK and Dubai because he's got, you know, the business staying there in the UK and here um, to call up every single parent, sometimes spending 30 to 40 minutes on the phone, asking them what, what problems were they going through. Um, you know, we, we've, this again is a reoccurring theme that we talk about in every single talk, it doesn't matter what your industry is, is that just pick up the phone and speak to people. It's the best way to know it. And because of that, he was able to, you know, put, put his mind, put his, put his head, put the heads together with a team. They came up with, um, this warrior net online course. They turned their entire white to black belt syllabus online, put a big community behind it, put a lot of assessment, sense of belonging, all these aspects that what you would normally get, um, from the classes from but obviously couldn't and finding a way of just keeping the same service going um but still fixing the problems of what the customers said yeah it's amazing um, that's awesome yes yeah, so one of the reasons why we, we started this is because we we then moved into online courses we've taken 20 businesses online in the last um last couple of months i know nancy you've been a big part of that as well because i'm um, just to let everyone know nancy's uh we're dropping something very cool soon guys we've got we've got this activation course um, and Nancy's kindly um, contributed. So there's a whole section on there about um, how to, like, you know, be confident on camera. Because um, Nancy, even though she's a HR specialist and she's she's very big on confidence training. So if anyone, you know, really wants to, um, you know, leverage your mind, I think they do need to get in touch with you. Um, I mean, in fact, you've actually got something I know you want to announce on the groups because uh, yes. a few of these speakers have been announcing some like some freebies and things. So you're going yeah, to workshop. Tell us, tell us a little about this workshop. So there, just just let you know, guys, when we post this after this video, uh, the first five people that says they're in are going to get the spaces. So we've only got five spaces, but uh, well, tell us what this workshop's about. 
So here's what I want to do. And this is only for the members in, in your, in your, uh, in your group. Uh, but a lot of this exercises that, you know, we're doing even with the values and really getting deep into it. And obviously there's more to it. Um, I take, a, I take it to that next level. Um, we can easily do it together and it'll only be for the five people, but it'll also be time. It'll be an hour. We jump on and even a little bit of laser coaching. So if it's something in particular that you're going through, I will definitely, uh, it'll be a time to like be able to catch me and like be able to like ask any questions or if there's any other part of the business that you're asking about or that you have any questions um, to be able to shift it. And, you know, I might even do a little, uh, a little uh, meditation visualization, something in there to get everybody back pumped up and aligned. Amazing. So guys, um, mate, we can't, we're not going to take the IMINs on this call. When we post this later on, I'm not going to say when, so everyone's got a chance to kind of submit their IMIN. <laughs> Um, we got five spots for this. Nancy's going to have a really like intense workshop on, you know, building values. You know, like you said, conflict strain, a whole encompassing of what she does. So watch out for that. But Nancy, honestly, it's been amazing talking to you. Thank you yes. so much for giving us Thank an hour you. of your time. It's been Thank a you great for having, having you on. Me. I know we'll have you back again soon, hopefully. And um, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. I'm a big fan of what you do. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. You guys are doing an amazing job with all this, and congratulations for being number one in the UAE podcast. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I know. I know. Well, we couldn't have done it without the team and the community. So um, credit to everyone watching. Um, we didn't get the the number one business and entrepreneurial podcast on iTunes without you guys. So thank you so much. And, and Nancy, it's down to you you guys as well. Every single speaker that's come on has given us so much value. You know, um, I, I'm, I know some people already that have made some huge differences in their businesses because of this group already. And that's what it's about. So thank you. Amazing. All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community.